We are so lucky to live in a state like Utah. There's a lot of places that are doing well, but no one's doing as great as Utah is. And I'm really confident that Utah will continue to be one of the strongest states in the country. As we close out 2022 and look forward to a new year, economic uncertainties loom large on the minds of Utah citizens and state policymakers alike. After several years of chaotic financial markets, record-breaking inflation, and rumors of an impending recession, many people are wondering what 2023 might bring. Today, we have Representative Robert Spenlove with us to discuss where current economic indicators are pointing and what Utahns might be able to expect over the coming year. Representative Spenlove, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, Edward. It's great to be with you. And for those of you who might not know, you serve not only as the current vice chair of our executive appropriations committee, which is tasked with compiling the fiscally sound budget for the state, but also in your day job, you work as the senior economist for Zions Bank, prior to which you served as the chief economist for the governor's office. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. I'm a dismal scientist for my entire career. (laughs) So as our resident economist, let's talk just a little bit about what we might expect from the upcoming year. High level, what can Utahns anticipate to be coming down the pike? So one of the big struggles right now is just there is a high degree of uncertainty in the economy. And, you know, it's not entirely unexpected. It's the result of the coronavirus pandemic. We got these huge financial disruptions from the pandemic. And I'll just give you a couple examples. If you look at the last big recession of 2008 and 2009, we lost about 9 million jobs over a one-year period. In March and April of 2020, 22 million people lost their jobs. So two and a half times that number in two months. The unemployment rate went from 3.5% to 15% overnight. Gross domestic product, the broadest measure of the economy, contracted by 30%. So the economy was literally collapsing. And so the federal government stepped in and said, we're going to try to undo this. We're going to do everything we can to support the economy. Now, that's a good thing, but the problem is they overdid it. The result of this is we're seeing huge inflation. We're seeing disruptions in our labor market. The supply chain is still struggling if you look at, you know, what's going on with China and reopening. And then you throw on top of that, the war in Russia and Ukraine is just creating these historic disruptions. And so we're in kind of uncharted territory and no one knows exactly what's next. And so that's where we're just trying to always interpret what's happening, try to understand the data a little bit better and try to make decisions about the future, about what we're seeing. Because that's one of the things that, that we're hearing a lot is, you know, the COVID pandemic and the shutdown of 2020 in March of 2020. At this rate, that was almost three years ago. And yet we're still seeing some of the ramifications of that. Is everything that we're seeing right now in economic turbulence due to the COVID pandemic? Or are those other federal interventions or anything else that is helping contribute to the uncertainties? So I would say that the war in Ukraine is not directly tied to the COVID pandemic. But I would say everything else is. If you're an economic nerd like I am, it's really interesting because we're seeing in real time these distortions to the economy and to our society. So just look at the labor market. If you look at the labor force participation rate, which is just the percent of the population that's working and looking for a job, before the pandemic, it was about 63%. It has not returned back to where it was. So what we had was this, we call it the great resignation where millions of people left their jobs during the pandemic and never came back. And to this day, they've never come back. A big portion of them are people that retired early. So why did they retire early? 
Well, they were worried about getting sick, but then they also had this huge infusion of cash into their bank accounts. So they were in a financial position to be able to retire early. So now the question is, will they ever come back? We don't know because we've never seen this before. But what we do know is that the unemployment rate is extremely low. It's 3.7%. And we've got these huge labor shortages. The labor shortages are causing businesses to struggle. If you just listen, lots of small businesses and restaurants are really struggling under the weight of not being able to have the employees that they need. That in turn is causing wage inflation to go up, which in turn is causing overall inflation to go up. So there's all these different impacts that are happening. Then you add on top of that, the federal government infusing. So during the the Great Recession, there was a bill to essentially support the economy, essentially increase the money supply in our country by around $850 billion. In 2020 and 2021, federal government increased the money supply by $6 trillion. So $850 for the entire financial crisis of 08 and 09, $6 trillion in the last two years. That is causing huge distortions too. So specifically, can you talk a little bit about what the Federal Reserve is doing at the national level that is affecting some of these market indicators at the moment? So the Federal Reserve Bank, they're kind of the, the organization that sets interest rates. So when you hear about interest rates going up or down, it's because the Federal Reserve is making changes. And so what the Fed generally does is during recessions or during bad economic times, the Fed will lower interest rates. They'll loosen up financial markets. They'll make borrowing easier. And so that encourages businesses and individuals to go out and spend more. When times are good, the Fed will generally raise interest rates. And so, and the effect of that is tightening financial conditions, making borrowing more difficult and more expensive, which constrains the growth of the economy. What's happening right now is the exact opposite because everything's messed up. So when the pandemic hit, again, the Fed dropped their interest rate. They really only control one rate. It's the Fed funds rate, very short-term rate. They dropped it all the way down to zero, the lowest they can go. And they left it there. And they said, we're going to leave it there until the economy is going again. Well, the mistake the Fed made is they left that rate too low for too long. So we started to see this inflation, the inflationary pressure we're seeing. We saw it in March of 2021. The Fed waited till March of 2022 to start raising interest rates. So they've raised the, their rate from zero all the way up to 4% in one year, which is probably the most aggressive pivot that we've ever seen in the Fed in generations. And they still haven't been able to completely control this inflation. And so that's kind of what we're struggling with. We don't know when it will have a total impact, but we're starting to see some of those impacts in the housing market, in some consumer demand, in the tech sector is being directly impacted by this, but not all of the economy is being impacted at the same time. Now, you mentioned that the Fed is raising those interest rates to try and combat that inflation. Can you talk a little bit about what inflation numbers are looking like right now in the wake of those Federal Reserve decisions? The inflation has been the highest that we've seen really since the 1980s. And what's so interesting about the inflation is before the pandemic, inflation essentially was a non-issue. So the Fed's goal is 2% inflation. It's averaged around 2 to 3% for decades. And it was right around 2 to 3% before the pandemic. And then it hit, you know, just think about early in the pandemic. Everyone wanted toilet paper and there was no toilet paper. So what happens? The price of toilet paper goes up. But then you multiply that 
a thousand times by everything. You know, we're having trouble getting things from China. There was the backup at the ports. And then you had consumers change their nature of their demand. So we had this huge increase in demand for goods. But inflation is a result of an overheating economy. We've started to see that inflation coming back down again. In the latest data, it's about 7%, which is way too high. In our region, it's even higher. In fact, our region has the highest inflation in the country. While, you know, the nation is 7.1%, our region is 8.3%. Because our regional economy is even stronger than the national economy, we are starting to see that come down, but we just don't know when it will get back to 2% again. And the Fed has committed that they will keep their interest rates high until that inflation gets back to 2%. That's the biggest question right now. No one knows the answer. And anyone that tells you they know is selling you a bill of goods because no one knows how and when that inflation will drop back down. I think it will continue to drop, but it's going to be difficult. And you're going to have some sectors that are seeing deflation or price drops while others are going to hold up. And that's where this is a little bit tough. Now, touching on Utah's inflation numbers specifically, that does sound kind of counterintuitive that our economy is stronger, therefore inflation in our economy is higher than the national average. Can you talk just a little bit more about that specifically? Yeah, so just think about Econ 101, supply and demand. There's a lot of people that want to do business or live or play or work in Utah. So high demand, but we've got constrained supply. Two examples of that, housing market, labor market. We can't build enough houses. We can't get enough people to meet the demand. So when there is high demand and low supply, you see those prices going up. And so when economy is doing really, really well, you have that overheating economy, which drives that higher inflation. So it's, it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. Now, you mentioned that Utah has a really strong economy and that our unemployment rate is among one of the lowest in the country. Can you talk about what the employment sector in the state of Utah is looking like and what it might look like over the next year? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one of the really interesting areas. One of the dynamics overall in the economy right now is you have to be really careful about how to interpret the data that you see. Employment in Utah is a great example of that. You know, we always talk about Utah having the highest employment growth in the country. That is no longer true. In fact, Utah is now growing below the national average. So the national average over the last year was 3.3% employment growth. Utah's is at 2.6. So if you just look at that, you say, okay, we're in trouble. But if you look at employment growth in November of last year, which is the latest data, November of 22, compared to February of 2020, So right before the pandemic hit, what you see is a very different picture. The nation grew just about 1%. Utah grew 6.6%. So our overall economic growth during the period of the pandemic has been six times higher than the national average. We're number two in the country behind Idaho. What you saw is those states that opened early after the shutdown, those states that really focused on their economy saw big economic benefits and saw big growth coming out of that, while other states like New York or California are really still catching up. So Utah's economy is still doing really well. Now, the the struggle, like you mentioned, is that unemployment rate. Low unemployment is good until it's bad. And if it gets too low, it constrains the economy. Now, the bright spot that I'd really point out in our labor market in Utah 
is labor participation is much higher than the national average. And we actually have recovered. Before the pandemic, our labor participation was 68%. Right now, it's 67.9%. So we've brought everyone back in. We've done a really good job of re-engaging the people that were displaced during the pandemic. And to me, that's one of the brightest spots about the Utah economy right now. Now, you mentioned a lot of these factors are outside of our control. They're, they're federal policy that is made out in D.C. Is there anything that we as the state legislature can do to try and combat some of these economic uncertainties and provide a little bit of assurance to the everyday Utahns? That's a great question. And that has been one of our main focuses in the legislature is taking those areas that we can impact and making them as good as possible. So the the reason Utah's economy is so strong Yes, it's because we have great quality of life, but it's also because of the specific economic policies that have been put in place over the last several decades. And one of the areas that we're going to be focusing on again this year is our tax system, making sure that our taxes are low, that they are reflective of a business-friendly environment, and that they are as, there's as little disruption from our taxes as possible. One of Utah's real benefits is we specifically try to grow the economy. We specifically try to put in place the systems that will enable businesses to succeed and for individuals to succeed. You're going to see more of a push on that this year, and I think it will continue to prepare Utah for success in the future. Is there anything else that you would like to communicate to members of the public that might be sitting a little worried looking forward into the upcoming year? You know, people so often look at recessions and they they get really nervous. The word recession makes people nervous. Recessions are part of the economic cycle. We have expansions and we have contractions. If I were to pick what the next recession will look like, I'd say something like 2002, 2003, where it's relatively mild. There'll be a little bit of contraction. There'll be some slowdown in overall economic activity, but I don't think it's going to be devastating. And it is part of our economic environment. And everyone can put themselves in a position to be ready for it. What I always say, make sure you're paying off debt, make sure you're saving money, make sure you have a budget and you're living by it. If you're doing all those things, then you can really withstand anything in the economy. We are so lucky to live in a state like Utah where we have a real focus on the economy, on prosperity, great quality of life. There's a lot of places that are doing well, but no one's doing as great as Utah is. And I'm really confident that Utah will continue to be one of the strongest states in the country going forward. Well, we look forward to seeing exactly what the legislature can do to help with those economic considerations, but also looking forward to the upcoming year. And Representative Spenlove, thank you so much for taking the time today. Great. Thanks, Edward.